Hello and welcome to the Tennis Pal Chronicles. My name is PK and I'm your host and I'm joined with my co-host, Valerie Garcia. Hey PK, how's it going? It's going great. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Well, we're back with the podcast that feeds your passion for all things tennis and today we're talking with Thomas Katowski. Thomas runs HealthyReferral.com and he kind of brings a lot of expertise and knowledge about the health side of tennis. Sounds awesome. Um, what kind of health side, like uh, exercise, nutrition, all of the above, mental health? It really no. is. <laughs> it really is all of the above, mental health as well. If you go to his website, you can see that they're dealing with kind of a lot of different areas, including natural health, whole foods, nutrition, medicine, personal development. So yeah, actually, what, just what you said, all of those things. So wonderful. He has been the varsity coach at Kent State for three seasons. He was a varsity coach at John Carroll University for three seasons. He was an instructor at a, a community college in Cleveland. So many things. He worked with Ron Steele, a Davis Cup coach captain for Israel. And then he actually helped to start the Israel Tennis Center in Tel Aviv. That is amazing. I mean, my goodness. And he actually went there played, coached, I mean, kind of amazing. He really is a learner. He loves going to conferences and he loves kind of soaking in this information and then making that available to anyone who wants to um, learn from him the things that he's learned. And he talked a lot about Tolbin Urich and Tolbin, I guess, uh, wrote Zen and the Art of Tennis. Oh, Sounds like a good book. Yeah, really interesting, right? And he was also the Davis Cup captain for his country and had so many stories. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to Tom. Let's get into his interview right now. Awesome. So it is my honor to welcome Tom Katowski to the Tennis Pal Chronicles. Hi, Tom. How are you? Good afternoon. Thanks. It is so nice to have you on our podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, from my understanding, you met uh, the founder of Tennis Pal at a tennis conference in New York. Is that right? Yes, at the WTCA uh, conference uh, a couple months ago in New York. That's great. And how did you find yourself at that conference? I had uh, read about, I don't remember how, WTCA uh, somewhere, and uh, I checked into it and I thought, I, you know, I've always liked learning about tennis from different people. And it seemed like WTCA and Sarah Stone and the founders had attracted a whole different crowd of tennis pe- people in the tennis world that, you know, I normally didn't come across in many, many, many years of going to conferences and coaching clinics. And it seemed like they you know kept recycling the same people, but she brought a whole fresh new look to uh, you know learning more in depth about the tennis world how exciting and there you met the founder of tennis pal holly is that right yeah she had a booth outside and i talked to her and thought it was a really cool idea and to connect uh, people interested in, a, in something common but to raise the greater good of the game i thought it was a cool idea that uh, here's an entrepreneur you know taking taking the lead and doing something that the national you know, 
I guess has tried, but maybe she's you know taking it like a raise the bar, so to speak, on helping connect the tennis world together. Yes, that's exactly our mission, not only on this podcast, uh, which is just to bring people together who have a passion for tennis, but definitely with the app, we're trying to find people uh, a way to connect and build community within their own area. And I don't know if Holly had told you a little bit about her story, but she she's an avid, avid tennis player, and she was uh, getting a little frustrated that she would go to these uh, tournaments and leagues, and, and people were not showing up. And so she was wondering, how can I create something? to find more people to play with. Mm -hmm. So it really came out of necessity that the app was born, and it's been really exciting with uh, thousands of people signing up and finding uh, people to play with. So it's kind of Mm -hmm. really exciting, and we're excited to have you on the app as well. Yeah, thank you. So I downloaded it, and I have to be be more active on it. And it was... uh, had a discussion with Holly on different uh, connections that we have that could, you know, help promote the further growth. That's great. Well, Tom, please tell us a little bit about your beginnings in tennis and, and how you found your passion. Uh, part of it was I was a basketball fanatic, uh, played basketball like four to six hours a day, uh, uh, tried it for the high school team, got cut by the coach, and mom was playing tennis. She said, why don't you try tennis? So like mid-teens, uh, I just started, just tried it out. And uh, I, you know, I enjoyed it, but I also kind of enjoyed how somebody learns how somebody learns it because there's a lot of there's there's a lot to it <laughs> and it's you know it's a lifetime thing and it's a tremendous vehicle for bridging the gap and your your own self development and bridging the gap and just meeting people around everywhere that you wouldn't normally meet so it's kind of like a a common bond to uh, transcend you know the purpose of the game itself. That's cool. And how did you start playing? Were you one of the competitive juniors? Did you play in high school? Yeah, I did. I did play in high school uh, and, you know, played uh, doubles. I, you know, I got started in my late teens. I was fortunate to go to a uh, camp in uh, Florida, like in my mid-teens. It was given by a guy named, by Wayne Sabin, S-A-B-I-N. And most people have never heard of the guy, but he played in the forties. Uh, and he ran a camp near Orlando and, uh, Wayne was, uh, he played in the old days of the days of like Frankie Parker, Bobby Riggs, those guys way, way, way back. Okay. And he was a real, real strategy guy. And he was really one of the first people that, that said, you know, here's how the greatest players in the world played. Here's what they did. Here's what they tried to do. Here's what they worked on. Here's, here's, here's how they, uh, went on offense. There's how they went on defense. This is, you know, so that was my, like my first introduction to that. So, uh, it was really cool to meet somebody that played in that era. Uh, later on, I had a tremendous chance to meet, uh, Torben Ulrich. Uh, many years later, he was given a uh, clinic in New York at a holistic center called Omega. And, uh, I always wanted to meet him as I, you know, read about him and what he would more took a Zen approach to tennis and, learning he would work with Jeb Borowiak who was on pro tour but then Torben was in I think top, he was top 20 played against all the famous players the labor the Rosewall back then he was from Denmark his uh, tr- incredible story you know his his father's relationship is well, off the trap his father's relationship with King of Sweden actually helped uh 
him survive from the German the Germans invading Denmark. Oh wow! Uh, back you know during World War II. So it's an incredible story. He just turned ninety. Uh, he does his jazz and he he does paintings with paints tennis balls and he hits them against the canvas. Anyway, I took this course from him and a little quick story. He sat there like a like a medit. It was like he was meditating uh, for the, like the first five minutes and everybody was all the tennis you know players that wanted to learn how to play tennis and they were getting real antsy. Let's go out and hit. Let's go out and hit. And he would just sit there and look at everybody. <laughs> And they said, and they said, when, he, when are we going to start, Torben? And he said, well, we we already we already did start. So he basically he was he was trying to get everybody's mind in the in the in the frame of of just being here in the in the in the now, you know. And that was basically part of, part of his message. But he's a really amazing guy. To, is you know, and, you know, getting too off off the track. But the point is, I was met these very, very interesting, unusual people in the tennis world that uh, they're not well, you know, maybe not as well known, but their impact is as as good as anybody. His son was a top junior player from Denmark, and now he's uh, been one of the top musicians in the world. He's one of the founders for Metallica. His son plays in the band Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich, sure. That's incredible. Yeah, I've never, I've never met, I've never met Lars, but he's a top, you know, he was a top junior player in Denmark. How funny that uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica has a tennis tie-in. I mean, my goodness, that's so cool. So I think I did mention that to Holly. I don't, you know, I, you know, and I'd um, be happy to make the introduction to, you know, to Torben and see if uh, maybe, uh, you know, I can't make any guarantees. See if Lars would be able to. Well, Which, you know, help promote promote the tennis app. <laughs> what I'm picking up from you is that you are a lifelong learner, and I mean, I haven't heard you talk about technique or form at all. It sounds like you're really coming from a very holistic point of view uh, with tennis. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, another person I met early on from a part of the technique, but also the food aspect was Peter Burwash, and you have to put him in there on the Mount Rushmore of tennis coaches. Uh, and again, a lot of people maybe have never heard of him, but he's, when I went to a tennis conference in Michigan many years ago, he spoke and he wrote a book on why he changed to a vegetarian diet, a vegan diet. And right after that lecture, I stopped eating meat immediately. Wow. So that was like 30 plus years ago. And so been on a journey for health, you know, since then, but, uh, he was one, he's probably one of the best coaches that I've ever met hands down period. Peter Burwash. We'll have to yeah. research him. And you said he has a book out as well that we could read. He has, he has a number of books, but he's the only one left that I know of that he provides, he trains and provides tennis pros at resorts all around the world. That's, you know, it's PBI. That's his main business. So if you're opening, let's say you're the head of the Marriott, you're opening up a new resort in uh, the Fiji islands, you would hire him to to staff the resort with a pro and run it. Wow, that's very cool. Um, so and, he's one of the he's one of the few if you know few companies left that even does that. Yeah, you had mentioned uh, health, and uh, I noticed that your website is Healthy Referral. Can you tell us a little bit about how your website relates to tennis? Uh, yeah, uh, we start uh, just from diff- different personal health uh, issues. Uh, I started, you know, researching with another uh, lady, uh, Marcia, who hosts been hosting our radio show, Mind Your Body and Spirit, for like 20 plus years on natural health. We wanted to 
instead of you know going to doctors for medication prescriptions, I thought there was a better way to go. So we start researching all these ideas related to natural health. Came up with the, the concept of a newspaper called Healthy Referral, which we've been doing since '89, and just uh, seeking out, researching the best of the best of natural health, holistic medicine, integrative medicine, because that's a huge part of tennis is is you know the health, your diet, what you eat. The training now is even more important than ever. So our big goal is kind of to duplicate the Israel Tennis Centers, where I was fortunate to coach, and create a real holistic training center for kids. You know, with a vegan cafe and juice bar and the yoga and the meditation and uh, bringing, you know, how to start your own business and, uh, you know, just all these kind of really a really good holistic approach. We've met uh, who writes for our paper, Butch Reynolds, who's an Olympic gold and silver medalist. Uh, he had the world record in the 400 meters for about 11 years on his, you know, bringing somebody like that in for mental training, for speed training. Uh, you know, bringing we have another lady that writes for us. Names, her first name is Sunday. Uh, actually, we she submitted an article on WTCA website. She used to be the physical therapist for the Cleveland Ballet and is working worked with elite dancers from all over the world on efficiency of movement and posture and gait and breathing and and all these other things. So, part of the point I'm making is we've met all these other resources to be able to then really create a holistic uh, venue, so to speak, or path or resources for you know for somebody that's looking you know into the tennis world. So. All this is, you know, kind of like mixing all these things in a big uh, recipe to uh, help, you know, just make somebody, you know, give somebody the resources to do is to continue to do well. Well, I love that. And obviously, from the 70s to now, tennis has evolved and become a much more physical game. In, in my opinion, it seems that the ball's moving faster. Obviously, the technology helps with that. And, and physical prowess really has played a huge part in people being able to win and continue to compete. Uh, we're seeing a lot of injuries now, and we're at the end of the year season, so this is really appropriate that people would learn more about healthy fitness and how that relates to tennis. Uh, your website right. is healthyreferral.com, right? So we want to yeah. send people to go there and, and start reading some of these incredible articles. That's really exciting. Yeah, th yeah thank uh, you. What would you say to people who are just starting to play tennis, um, you know, some of the habits that you've built and some of the knowledge that you've learned? Uh, I would say one of the big things is uh, Torben has a film out. If you go to uh, his website, I think Torben Ulrich or TorbenUlrich.com, he made a movie that he showed us years ago it was called The Ball on the Wall. And it was kind of more of a, like a, a Zen type of a thing. But he, he was really a funny guy, funny in the way he's very humorous, is he would see him going through uh, hitting a like going on a train in Paris and practicing hitting tennis balls on the side of the train, you know, inside the train while he's riding it and then going hitting <laughs> oh my gosh. and hitting and hitting, you know, going, hitting against the side of a wall of a building. In other words, just making the whole, the whole point was just, you know, making it, it you know, kind of fun again, not the, uh, how can I, how can I say it? Not the kind of drill sergeant, you know, that hit 8 million, four hands and be like robotic to it. He was trying to bring some, you know, some basic humor, you know, humor into it, like Vic Braden did way, you know, way back in the day, you make things fun, which you, you have to, because you're, you started for fun and you have to keep it that way in order to, you know, keep the whole game going. You know, that's why in the, you know, seventies was a huge push. And then I've seen, you know, seen too many pros just sit by the shopping cart and just, 
feed balls like a human ball machine and the kids are standing in line and they get bored and they drop out. Wow, that's really so, interesting. Uh, how, how can we make tennis more fun? What are some of the th thoughts that you have about that? Uh, well, one, you know, one thing is just, you know, like I mentioned before, if you see the film with that tournament, you know, ball on the wall, anybody can just, you know, play on by themselves and just create all these kind of really cool, you know, cool games, you know, against the wall. And he would take it a step further and he would paint the, the tennis ball. He would put paint on the ball and he would put these canvases up and he would create paintings hitting a, a tennis ball with paint on it against, against the canvas. So I, I think it's just taking, you know, making it creative, making it, you know, making it, it, it fun to, you know, uh, challenging, continue to have, new, you know, new things to look, you know, to look forward to. And, uh, but, you know, and then I, you know, again, every organization, you know, has its place, but some things are, you know, the organization is certainly good. USTA does a lot of, you know, great things. And, uh, I think there's a whole new thing, you know, I think there's a lot of things that could be done, even take it to even to a higher level. You know, why are the, you know, in this, you know, the, if you look at the top hundred players in the world, you know, there's uh, not, you know, I guess there's more women now coming from the U S than, than, than men, but it seems like, you know, the, if you look at the, at the video of Tony Nadal on Ted, Ted talks, and it's about an 18 minute video and it's in Spanish, but they have the subtitle. If you listen to that video, that's really the essence of why, you know, why Nadal is, is so good. Why, he has joy in the whole, the whole, boil the whole thing down. He has joy in the process, not the result. So his constant joy in the process is giving him incredible results. And the, you know, my message is, is too much is put on the result without the joy of going through it. So I think that's a big missing piece. So that's my, um, after watching that video of Tony Nadal, uh, that, that really, you know, that to me, that, that says it all. Yeah, that's that's beautifully said that we need to really continue to enjoy the process and not be so results driven. I know that a lot of juniors that I hit with um, are really focused on just winning to the point of even like cheating or doing whatever it takes to win when maybe the goal isn't as much winning as uh, improving, having joy, um, enjoying the process and enjoying the game for what the game is. Well, Vic Brady used to have an expression of, you know, half the players in the world every day lose. So uh, he would, the point, the point he would, you know, he, he was making is you, the, the goal is to, is to learn how to, to, what to do to get better each time. And then whatever happens, you know, whatever happens, happens. So, but if, you know, the focus on that, whenever, you know, I was coaching a traveling team of juniors and I would, they'd always, it would say, uh, you know, I'm mad. I didn't play that well. I, I, I lost and I would, you know, wait till they cooled down. But I would, the only thing I would really ask him, I said, what did you, what did you learn today? Great. Yes. You know, what, what did, what did you learn to have you, you know, to make it, you know, have you do better next time? What did you learn? Sure. Re refocusing on understanding the process rather than just win or lose, feel good, feel right. bad. And if, you, and if you look at Tim Galway, who wrote the inner tennis way back in the day in the seventies, you looked at, he was looking at at same as is similar to Torman. He was looking at the uh, how can I say? He was looking at the action. He would have a lady. He'd have a lady come out on the on the court. Never put you know very beginner. He would only have the lady focus on where the ball landed. So it took the lady's mind off good or bad shot. 
So it was always, you know, so the lady hit the ball and Tim said, where did it land? And the lady said, well, it hit the net. And he would say, where on the net did it hit? He would narrow it down that, it, you know, the ball hit the net uh, like two holes below the, below the tape and like five holes over from, from the net post. So he would get so specific that it completely took the lady's mind off. I hit a bad shot. Wow, that's great. Yeah, C- trying to analyze where the ball's going, the flight of the ball, the the bounce of the ball, all of those things that help you to think about something else other than just the emotion of losing, right? Right, because if there were no lines and no nets, what is what is good and bad? Right, wow, that's a profound tennis question. I like that. Yeah, so anyways, I'm, uh, I appreciate all these questions. I'm kind of condensing many, many years into, uh, you know, a uh, short time today, but I'm trying to give you the highlights of a little different perspective, a little different approach to uh, to a tennis interview. Well, I love it, and I know that uh, you have to go, and thank you so much for this uh, time that you have. I feel like it was really important. I want people to continue to find you and ask these kinds of questions, so we're definitely going to be putting healthyreferral.com in the show notes, and then can I just give your email so that people can contact you directly if you if they need to? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, so- just use our, our, Gmail, our Gmail account, which is uh, healthy healthy referral at Gmail. And referrals uh, is one F and two R's. Healthy re- healthy with a Y. Referral at Gmail. They can you know ask anything or send. Even if they want to send like a video, then I could you know give them some tips or watch after watching their video what they're interested in. Well, I'll definitely be using that email myself because I want to become like you, a lifelong learner, uh, and continue to follow my passion in tennis. So, thank you so much, Tom, for your time. It was really great talking to you, and I really appreciate all of your yeah. insight that you shared. Okay, say 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 hi to your uh, associates, and uh, look forward to the next visit. And thanks for your time and enthusiasm and uh, look forward to the next visit. Will do. Have a good one. Okay. Likewise. Thank you. Bye-bye. Valerie, wasn't that so interesting listening to Tom talk about health and all of the varied things that he's done in his life so far? Yes, definitely. So I guess the question, Valerie, is how is your health and how do you continue to play tennis? (laughs) I think Tom needs to call me. I'll be his number one client. You, you, can... you actually are in great physical shape, and you outlast people when you're playing tennis. I love this this story you're narrating right now. <laughs> this is great. Well, you can you can take the heat. Most people can't. I can take the heat for about one set, and then and then I'm just dead. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how physical the game of tennis has become? I mean, it's kind of amazing. Some of the people that I play with who shall be unnamed actually, <laughs> you know, drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes like while they're playing. Oh, I used to do that 20 years ago. Yeah, and I think it's still, it, it, it maybe it was a thing like out of the 70s, I had this one guy told, tell me that after tennis, everybody would drink beer and it was like liquid bread. It was like their way to like refuel and there was that was their idea of recovery. You yeah, know? well, sugar, I guess, helps, right? Yeah, carbs, oh. right? You need something. But boy, is that a no-no these days, right? I mean, like we have really gotten into the nutritional science and the health science and, and I feel like just in general, the game is so much harder and physical on your body. It's so much faster. You have to move better. You have to be in physical shape. These are some of the greatest athletes of all time now on the tennis court. Yeah, you ain't lying. And having to do that 
three to five hours. No subs, no substitution, no timeout, uh, no halftime. You know, at best, you can change your clothes in between sets and go to the bathroom. I think Novak Djokovic really brought that to the forefront when he figured out that he was allergic to gluten and changed his diet and became this incredible tennis machine, right? Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was so interesting that Tanya, our Novak Djokovic reporter, reported that his coach, when he came back and reunited with his coach, one of the first things he did was said, you need to start eating some kind of protein eat fish, and then he started winning again because he had protein. So I, I just think, wow, the food science and what we put in our body really dictates what's going to happen out on the court. That being said, not to totally negate what you just said or that whole I don't know. I didn't even thought, know if that's true. But like Roger Federer is, is he is not negligent in caring for his body, but right. he is well known for being like, I just eat whatever. <laughs> I eat pasta. <laughs> And chocolate and <laughs> and what and I do have wine or whatever after champagne. Yeah, I mean, um, he's probably doing everything in extreme moderation, but he and he I mean, also he's Swiss. I think he's, he's an anomaly. You know he what I just mean? like his body is insanely good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the favored son. It's true. I think so. I mean, there's some his talent level things going on. Absolutely. But I think that he is very disciplined. Like, I think he always eats uh, pasta right before his tennis match. He's talked about that. Um, so he kind of carb loads before. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that he's had tons of people give him kind of physical science and nutrition. Then there's also the mental thing of, like, feeling good about your body, right? Mm -hmm. And, boy, there's nothing like food to change how you feel about your body i think it's yeah. it can make you feel great or it can make you feel so bad if you eat the wrong thing you are what you eat you are what i you am eat. a giant cookie <laughs> i am a giant cookie roll. <laughs> uh, see you that's why you have so much energy Me? you're light sushi rolls are light right <laughs> slimy <laughs> slimy slimy to the moon so always is a special okay. thing well that is our food discussion. Well, I was just thinking too. Us being the experts that we you are. You just reminded me like with Tom Brady in the football world, not tennis related, but I mean, he is making such a side hustle um, in his TV 12 program where he is pushing the fact that he's over 40 and mm. playing some of the best football anyone's seen. And he, he like accredits everything to his eating habits. Yeah. Um, he is like the supreme clean eater. Well, I think maybe even an underrated aspect of food is you just get sick less if you eat better and you fuel your body. And for these pros, I mean, that sickness takes you out and, you know, it dents your income yeah. if you're not able to play. So who can afford to be sick? Uh, I think I know for myself, I definitely feel the better I eat, the less illness I have because my body is stronger. You know, I'm not trying to sell anything, but I really feel like uh, great, like you said, you are what you eat. Um, great input creates a, a better output. And it's funny that we're talking about this now. This morning I was listening um, on a radio station and the DJs were talking about, they watched some Netflix special mm -hmm. that someone had actually told me about before and I totally forgot until they brought it up this morning, but it's called Game Changer. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's like it's like a documentary with all these athletes basically saying that they switched their diet and 
swear by like oh, wow. the results, but I think it was a heavily plant-based diet, yeah. um, like documentary. Um, but apparently, I don't know, these guys were, I think there was some basketball players and stuff like that, but now I want to watch that and see if maybe it'll help inspire me to put like one less cookie and one more broccoli <laughs> in my <laughs> plate every day. Well, yeah. And, uh, Tom Katowski talked a lot about plant-based as well. I'm sure there's a lot of articles about natural health on his website, healthy referral. So we can learn a lot from him. I want to encourage you guys to go visit his website and you can reach out to him, healthyreferral at gmail.com. He said to go ahead and just send him a message. He would love to hear from you. He's probably at some conference somewhere learning something because that's who he is. He's kind of amazing that way. Yeah. Um, I noticed on his resume, he's like a graduate of like five different like tennis academies. Yeah, he actually cool. he actually trained with Vic Braden himself, America's tennis coach, as they used to call him in the seventies. <laughs> so kind of amazing. I mean, he's been all over. Um, yeah, check out his resume. It's it's a who's who and uh, who's where of tennis. So kind of pretty pretty exciting stuff. We can all learn a lot from him. It's been swell. <laughs> <laughs> I think so too. You're swell. So great to spend this time with you. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast and every podcast that Thanks we get so to do much together. Thanks so much for going, doing the hard, dirty work of it's not hard. setting up all the equipment and interviewing people and doing all the editing and oh, coming up with ideas and so sentences and words and putting yeah. them on paper and... And speaking of thanks, we have to give a huge shout out to Tennis Pal. Please visit TennisPal.com and they have a awesome blog there where you can connect and find out tennis news as well as download their app and find people to play with we need more people to play tennis get on the court if you're having trouble finding people to play tennis with it this is the answer tennispal.com download the app you can find people in your zip code and just ask them if they want to play tennis i've met many people that way and every experience has been good me too so great Maybe I'll do it again before November ends. Yeah, I wanted to like do it and record it and like ask the person and stuff. So I got to do that. It's on my bucket list. All right. Things to look forward to. <laughs> Things to strive for in 2020. And isn't it going to be so exciting for our next episode where we're going to have the fan favorite reporters talking about how their favorite player did in the 2019 season? kind of wrap it all up before we get to next season that's going to be so great so fan favorite reporters get your reports ready we're going to do this we're going to do it before the end of the year and that's going to be our last um, podcast episode for the year it's going to be so fun our christmas present to you guys yes thanks for listening everybody please send us an email pk at tennispal.com i would love to hear from you uh, send us feedback, send us reviews, send us show ideas. We would love to hear what you guys are doing and what your story is. If you want to be interviewed for the Tennis Pal podcast, we'd love to hear from you as well. PK at TennisPal.com. Valerie, thanks for joining me. Anytime. May all your serves be, be aces. aces.